to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by special guest, Pastor Daniel Bates. Fantastic. Come on, let's give a huge shout of praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on, here's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was and is and is to come. Come on, why don't you lift up the name of Jesus? Come on, he's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He reigns forever. Come on, lift up his name, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, there's no other name. Come on, the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we honor our pastors, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Chelsea, and thank them so much. Come on, let's give honor where honor is due. The Bible says to do that. The favor of God is upon these people, upon your leaders. And you can take your seats. Why don't you take your seats? But I just want to continue in honoring them and thanking them, not only for this opportunity to come here and speak, but I really believe that uh, God has called you, appointed you, and uh, it was just last night while I was going to bed, God said to me that this place is special, not because it's called Fire Church, and I believe that the fire of God is here and, and is in this place. There is no other place that, you know, this is the house of God, but I tell you what, in, I got this word last night, impartation impartation. This is for you, but uh, specifically for uh, Pastor Daniel, but for this church as well. This word is for this church. This church is a church of impartation. The people are going to come to this place, flock to this place, uh, and and receive something. They're not going to leave without anything, but go from this place. But this seems to be, in the spirit, the hub place for, for people to be impartation impacted and, and receive something from God. I really feel that, but uh, as Daniel goes here, there, everywhere, he, he also brings this impartation into people's lives. Something is sown, something is received uh, where, wherever he goes. So he takes this church and the spirit of this place that's upon this house, wherever he's going, all around, starting fires, spot fires, spot fires, spot fires, everywhere he goes, spot fires, spot fires. Uh, but for you, Pastor Chelsea, I would say this, um, you're an encourager, God said to me last night. But it goes beyond that. See, the spirit of prophecy is encouragement, right? It says that when you receive a word, it should be encouraging, right? But what happens between, because there's normal people who encourage one, only your boss can encourage you, your co-worker can encourage you, but it's not prophecy, right? What happens? There's got to be something that's different, yeah? And, and God said to me that He's anointed you, your encouragement, and gave me the picture of the, the, um, the farmer who scatters the seed. See, the farmer doesn't get to choose where the seed goes. Neither does the farmer care where it goes. He's just called to scatter. And you're called to scatter. It goes on the hard ground, goes on the soft ground. It reaps here. It doesn't reap there. It doesn't, that's not your concern. God's saying to me, don't get caught up and worrying whether or not it took root or not. Your job, you're called to scatter. And I feel like where you, where, what you're doing is every time you encourage somebody, because it's anointed, right it, it, it's 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 growing when you when you speak it grows whoever you've spoken into every single person's life it's planted a seed you're the farmer right and that seed is taking root in so many people's lives whatever it is it's it's being it's that encouragement is starting a ministry in people it's starting, it's the beginnings, it's the very beginning of, of a, a global ministry for some people because of your words. God has anointed your words to impact nations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for speaking to me. I want to I I share with you this thought, this title of my message today is called Only Believe. Only believe, and many of you don't know who I am, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a bit of a testimony, but in that testimony, these points, these keys that have really shaped me in my life and my ministry, and, and now I'm at uh, 
uh, me and my wife, Beck, Rebecca, and my three children. Uh, we've got Jessica, Hannah, Zachariah. Uh, we're all part of Planet Shakers Church and ministering. We're part of the team there and ministering out of there. We moved there about eight months ago, moved to Melbourne about five weeks ago over in the western suburbs uh, from Trialgan, been in Trialgan for a, uh, a little while there, 20 years or something, just a little while, I don't know, whatever. Um, but uh, I was on a journey, and I know that we're all on this journey, but I've been in the ministry for a while, 20 plus years, something like that, always done it. My dad was a pastor, my mum's a pastor, they, they were at the church there before there. Uh, my grandfather was a pastor in Adelaide, started a church there called Edge Church a long, long time ago and uh, with Pastor Andrew Evans. And uh, so we grew up there. I was born there and, and uh, we started there. My uncle also pastored uh, Richmond Temple years and years ago, uh, Jack Allsop. There's the chairs. That's where he used to sit, right in that chair there. Praise God. Pastor Jack Allsop. And uh, that's my grandma's brother. And uh, so we, I had this long history of being in the ministry, being in church life, but something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. I read it. I heard it. I, I, I watched videos about it. But I never saw the power of God move in my life like I did on those videos, like I did on, uh, on the pages of the Bible, like I did. And, and I, I don't know about you here, if you're here today and you're believing for a miracle, just give me a wave right now if you're believing for that. Amen. You know what? It actually should be everybody because, you know, our, I don't know who's lived a moment, a day without believing for something, you know, bigger than themselves that they can't do. And, and it's only with the power of Jesus, right? So we, we, we're, I'm on this journey. I get to this point, this sort of like crossroads in my life where I'm like, God, where are you? I, I hear all this stuff about you, but I, I just want to see you. I've been pastoring for maybe a couple of years, and, and, and within about eight months, we had eight people in our church pass away. It was very impacting in my life. It, it, it really, really affected me. It wasn't just strangers. I, I was doing funerals for our board members, for our, our, our team members, people I knew for 25 years. It was the closest friends that just like, you know, motorbike accidents, things like this. But, and some of them were cancer and some of them I, I was asked to, or all of them I was asked to go and pray for and, and, and I'd pray for them and nothing would happen. So I got to this point. I hope you're there. <laughs> At this point, because something's about to change today for you. This point in my life where I was like, God, I want to see this. I want to see this. And I, I was actually really depressed. I was actually really upset seeing so many people die, knowing that uh, I've got the power, but it's not working. What is the problem? What is the problem? Why isn't it working? God showed me this in the Word. Genesis 26, 18. And Isaac says here, Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines and stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which, of which his father had called them. God spoke to me out of this scripture and said, Daniel, I want you to redig the wells of your fathers. And I was like, okay, what, is, what does this mean? You know, like uh, my, my earthly father, no, he said, the, the forefathers that started this movement in Australia that brought Christianity here, you, you need to redig the well. And the first well you need to dig is the well of prayer. Redig the well of prayer. See, the enemy stopped it up. May have stopped it up personally for you, but he stopped it up over this nation. The well of prayer. He goes, You need to rediscover prayer. You need to redig that well. You know what? When you're redigging something, all you're getting is mud, every handful, every handful, for a while, right? There's still nothing, still nothing, still no answer. Keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. God said, keep digging. You get another handful. It's still what the enemy just put in there. It's still another handful. And you're like, Lord, what am I doing? This is just mud, you know? This is just, you know what? Every handful, I got some, another challenge. Religious prayers, another one, blah. I had to work through a lot of that, a lot of that. 
And he gave me this word. After doing this, started praying every single day, over an hour every single day for years and years. And, and it was after about the first year, prayed for somebody. They got healed. And I was like, God, this is, this is incredible. Do it again. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, after, after a while, we just started seeing miracles and miracles. Uh, uh, God spoke me to, he spoke to me telling me this word when I was praying for somebody. They, the, the family told me, can you stop praying? She's, she's gone, right? She's gone. She was on life support, had a brain aneurysm, all this stuff. And uh, she ended up passing away. And I was really challenged by this. I don't know if you've ever been in this spot where you just, God, what is going on? You know, in here, I'm like fighting this right now. Uh, he, says, he says to me, Daniel, I've called you to only believe. Whether she lives or dies, you believe. Even when, and even when, if she passes away, you still believe. Never stop believing. Never stop believing. And I don't know who you are and, and what stage or uh, in life you're at, but I tell you what, you know, these circumstances will come. They will come to your door. They will, you will face this one day or another. But I want to encourage you today, you're not called to doubt. You're actually not even designed to it. You can't handle it. You're not even meant to not believe. You are called to only believe. Today, I want to share with you the four beliefs that I believe have changed my life. The four beliefs. If you're taking notes, write these down. The four beliefs. I, I, I want to let you know that this morning that every time the word believe is mentioned in the Bible, you can associate that with faith, yeah? Is everyone? Yeah? You can yeah, associate it with faith. That word believe is faith, really. And faith, we know, without works is dead. So we always know that there's a work attached to faith when it talks about faith in the Bible. So I want to tell you today, you guarantee, every time you see the word believe, you can attach a work to it. Some of you may not have got that just yet, but I want you to write that down because when you go to read your Bible and you see that word believe, you can rest assured there is a work going to be attached to it. All right? The first belief. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and belief in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The first belief. The first belief. Salvation. Now you know, and I know, there's nothing you can do. You do not deserve this. It's by His grace, amen, that He gives us salvation. But I want to start here for your life personally. Once you are saved, then comes the work, yeah? I've heard it like this before, that, that uh, salvation is free, but everything after that will cost you something. Write this down, salvation, the first belief. Romans 1, 16, who loves this? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and also for the Greek. I love this because it, it, to me, that makes no sense at all, right? I don't know, you read that and you're like, oh yeah, cool, God. And then you read it again, and you're like, huh? So just me being unashamed is the power, okay, not unashamed in anything, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, is me, is the power to salvation? Can I read that again? Like, so there's something missing here. What is, what is it that's missing? Come on, there's got to be something, right? There's got to be some sort of magic formula, some sort of potion, some sort of ingredient here that I'm missing and can't seem to find. For if I'm unashamed, you see what's happening here? There's, there's, a, there's a spiritual transaction taking place. And if you've been in church for a while, you know what that is. Simply 
put faith. Faith. Let me read you another scripture, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, I don't know if you get this today, if you understand this, but when you are unashamed, when Pastor Chelsea's up here, Pastor Daniel's up here preaching, and you're going, yes, amen, when the worship's there and you're dancing around, you're lifting your hands and you're speaking it out, and you're being unashamed. Do you know what's happening right there? Faith. Faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So every single person that sees you, that hears you, what's happening? A supernatural transfer. You've just generated the faith that was required for that person sitting next to you to lift up their hand and say yes to Jesus. Do you understand this? That there is power in being unashamed. That there is power in being unashamed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you this morning to get up out of your seat, to get up and clap, to get up and cheer, to get up and say yes and amen That's not for any preacher's benefit, but for the person that doesn't know Jesus Christ. So you've got to be unashamed. Amen? Your unashamedness has the power to generate faith, hope, love, whatever it is that that person's lacking, that faith, right? To change their life, to lift their hand, to accept Jesus Christ. I love salvation. I, I, I can take you right back to about Adelaide. I, I remember being next to my mum's bed at around about, I was about three or four years old. And I said to my mum, I want to accept Jesus. I want to be a Christian. There's two things I want to be. When I grow up, when I was about three years old, I said this, I want to be Phil Pringle or a chicken holder. Now there was this, now, now listen to me. There was this ad on TV, right? And I love chicken, okay? Who doesn't? I think someone doesn't love chicken. I think it was put that uh, chicken is, uh, is, is confirmation that there is a God and He loves us, right? Yep, amen. We'll just move right along. Uh, <laughs> praise God. Um, and so I saw this ad, and I'm three, right? This is not learnt behavior. It was just a spirit of God that came upon me that just knew that chicken was meant for me. And uh, it was cooking chicken. And I said, Mom, I want to be that thing that holds it and cooks it. It's like, you can't. You'll burn your fingers. I don't care what I can and can't do. I can do all things through Christ. I want chicken. It's a very young age. Thank God I picked the, the, the first one, Phil Pringle. Who knows Phil Pringle? We used to pastor one of his churches in Adelaide. Phil, Pastor Phil, hey, 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 Phil, hey, yeah. God spoke to me and said, yeah. paint a picture, paint a painting. Yeah. Golly, gosh, golly. Yeah, I love Pastor Phil Pringle, um, but I, I love him. I also paint, and uh, Pastor Tim Hall, who you're having, is my mentor at the moment and teaches me. And uh, we sit in his office and learn and everything like that. But he paints as well. And I also paint. I've been painting for a few years now. And uh, if you want to check it out, it's on Instagram, all my paintings, whatever, whatever. But remember standing there accepting Jesus Christ into my life. And everything changed from that moment on. Uh, I, uh, I, at, at about the age of six, I had a huge encounter with God and got filled with the Spirit. And so impacted me. Uh, uh, I was speaking in tongues like you wouldn't believe, right? Just whack. I was down and out for the counts. <laughs> oh, my parents carried me to the car, and I was, you know, I was, I was the first person to ever plank. I was planking, and it's it's not popular anymore. But I started it back then, and. And they carried me, and I, all I was doing was like that. Could not stop me. They put me to bed like that. I, I was sleeping all night, just speaking in tongues all night, all day. I went to school, and for show and tell, I got up and I said, uh, "Guess what I learned to do on the weekend?" Shut up! At an Anglican school, and the. <laughs> The teacher called my parents and say, hey, uh, we, we, we don't do that here. 
oh my goodness, I couldn't stop, I couldn't help, I couldn't, hey, if anyone's, if anyone's struggling with this right now, I don't know who you are, but I was probably when I was about 16, I didn't want to do any of this, I didn't want to be a pastor, I didn't want to go to church anymore, I didn't want to, and, and speaking in tongues was a real challenge for me. I was about, from that age to my teen years, my early teen years, I only said a couple of things. One of them was, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, what am I saying? And you know, when the enemy comes in and starts going, yeah, it's garbage, you know, don't even worry about it, it's rubbish. And I'm saying, blah, 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 blah. And I struggled with this. I really did. I really struggled with it. So much so, I stopped for a couple of years and praying and speaking in tongues. And I'm like, it's, it's just nonsense. Anyone ever can relate to this or is it just me being completely honest right now? Okay, it's just me. Um, I'm the one with the issues. I'm feeling better, actually. I'm getting this out, dealing with some stuff today. Feeling good, actually. Uh, thank you. <laughs> You're helping me. And uh, I... I, uh, I, I remember speaking this, and then it wasn't later until I was about 18, 19, 20, I was leading a youth group, and we started seeing a huge influx of uh, Sudanese. And South Sudanese speak Arabic, and, and they started calling me Baba. I'm like, I hear it, I keep hearing it, Baba Daniel, Baba Pastor, Baba, Baba Bates, Baba Batesy. They call this is like a couple of weeks in. I'm like, what are you calling me? They're like, Baba. I'm like, okay. I'm like, cool. And I stop again. I was, what does Baba mean? They go, Father. I went, oh. <laughs> you can't imagine this, right? <laughs> I'm in the foyer. We're at youth. It's meant to be cool. Here I am. I'm just breaking down right now going, are you serious? For all these years, I've just been saying, Father, 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 Father. Never despise the day of small beginnings. You know, faith in the little, faith in much. I tell you what, God has given you a word. You may not even know what that word is. It may be simple and insignificant to you, but you're declaring the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of heaven and earth. Oh, come on, somebody. Here we go, Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues, bubba, bubba. <laughs> they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Who believes that? Here, yeah, this is where we need to move today. And... and, and I know Fire Church is ready for this. Because this is not just a mindset. This is not just a disposition, a, a stance in life. Yeah, I believe in this thing. What did I say first? Every belief is a work attached. See, we, we, we pick up this scripture and we go, yeah, I believe. Why isn't it working? Read the verse before. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. There's the first two beliefs wrapped up in there. Reach and rescue. Save the lost. Disciple the lost. It's written right there. Go into all the world and preach. Preach. What are you preaching for? To see the lost saved. Then what do we do with the lost? We disciple the lost. There's the first two beliefs. Salvation, discipleship. It, it, it's not just a mindset. I agree. It's not just agreement here that I believe in, in signs and wonders. No. Why aren't signs and wonders following you? When was the last time you reached someone for Jesus? When was... <laughs> Sister... Uh, you guys run the team, don't you? The evangelism team out in the streets. No wonder. No wonder. <laughs> you want signs and wonders to follow you, you got to do the work of the first two beliefs. The work of the first. If you're not praying for souls, if you're not believing for souls, if souls isn't the first thing that you 
uh, pray for in every prayer meeting and every time you get, get on your knees before God if it ain't about souls. And I'm not talking about just souls and numbers and things like that. I'm talking about compassion for people. Every single person, it says about Jesus, he saw compassion upon them. There's an authenticity that goes along with it. It's not just about figures. I believe in souls. I want to see this nation saved. Actually, why don't we stand on our feet? Let's just pray right now. Father, we believe right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. Australia will be saved, will be reached in Jesus' mighty name, that they will come to know your name, that they will know Jesus. They will repent. They will turn from their wicked ways, and they will enter into your courts with thanksgiving. Father, we believe it right now that we believe that every single person will be saved and discipled in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you praise Him? Praise Him for five seconds. Come on, lift Him up. Jesus is King. He is Lord. He is worthy. He is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask in hope. Amen. Come on, take your seats. You're getting too excited now. I just wanted to... You guys are on fire. Oh, It's your name. The two beliefs. Who's ever asked this question? I believe, but it didn't work. I've asked this. We've all asked this. It's an important question to ask. I I, want to say this. If you're not asking questions, start asking the right questions. So what's the answer? What's the answer? I've had people come to me and say, I prayed for my mum who had cancer, who had multiple sclerosis, who had and on their deathbed, and it didn't work. It didn't work. So God dealt with me <laughs> about this because I was praying for people with this, these things like this and stuff like this and it wasn't working. God said to me, spoke to me, he goes, Daniel, have you ever prayed for somebody with that and it's worked? Uh, no. He goes, when was the last time you prayed for anybody and they got healed? I'm like, never. God, what are you trying to say? Faith in the small things. Faith in the much. Have you healed a cold yet? No. Pray for someone with a cold. If it didn't work, come to me and ask why. I'm like, right. Okay. So this changed my whole world. Uh, It changed my whole thinking, my whole life. I was like, sometimes we, we start with the cancer and God's saying, pray for the cold see them healed, tell the testimony, and see what happens next. It always goes this way. It always, no one starts up here. <laughs> believe. Only believe. Discipleship. Matthew uh, 21, verse 18, the fig tree. Have you heard this before? Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to, came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, I want to say, but leaves, but leaves, and, and, and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Now this is an incredible miracle, right? Incredible sign and wonder here. Uh, but God spoke to me about this and said that there's many churches with many leaves, but no fruit. And said to me out of this, Discipleship, it's not just about the church's culture, although that has merit, has value. He said discipleship is about the life, the love, and the lessons of Jesus Christ, the second belief. And if you're here today, take that in, process it later, whatever. But it's so important. So important to get. Uh, there's so many places full of leaves. And from the outset, looks so healthy. Such a big tree full of so many leaves. But God is not interested in leaves. He's interested in fruit. I believe that this is a church that is raising up fruit. 
fruit to go out and plant more seed, more seed. Amen. Come on. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Who's got their Bibles? Matthew 17, verse 14. This is a great jacket, but it's getting really hot. It's, it was a birthday present. It was my birthday just recently. Thank you. I'm just going to, oh, look at that. Thank you. Lovely wife. 17, verse 14. And says here, when they had come to the multitude, and a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For He often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. But then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Jesus, tell us what you really think. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Somebody say privately. And said, why could we not cast it out? When was the last time you asked that question? Why couldn't I do it, Lord? You notice this? No one, no one ever questioned why Jesus couldn't do it. But I hear that spoken a lot. I hear this prayer prayed a lot. Lord, why didn't you do it? You know, I found every time I point the finger at God, there's three fingers pointing back at me. God, why didn't you? God, why couldn't you? Where were you when I was praying? He says, look at yourself. Ask yourself. Oh, this is, this is getting too deep now. I don't know if we can, we can go here if we're allowed to, if we're ready for this. But <laughs> the disciples put it quite clearly, didn't they? Why couldn't we do it? You know, you can only say that when you understand who you are in Christ. What Christ has done for you, that He's given you authority, that He's given you dominion, that He's given you, given you, given you. That's when you start to say that kind of language. Why couldn't I do it? You're like, you, you can't do it. Why couldn't we cast it? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Are we talking about the same people? The disciples right if there's any ever a person or a group of people on the planet that would believe the most i would think would be the disciples because of your unbelief jesus says who else believes right now in this who if i was the disciple i'd get in so much trouble oh I mean, jesus come on who else believes we're your disciples. We hang out with you for like three years. No one else believes like we believe. You're not getting this. Jesus is saying it's not just a head thing. This isn't just about your thinking. I know you think you believe. Keep reading. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, somebody say however. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Somebody say mountain. Someone say mustard seed. The mountain and the mustard seed. What is going on here? What on earth are you talking about, Jesus? How did we get here? We're praying for a kid. He's got some problems. You know, it didn't work for us. And now we're talking about mountains of mustard seed. Lord, I need you to help me out here. You, you, you see what he's doing here? He's putting a measurement on your faith. You know why Jesus measures faith? You know he does, right? He's measured it. Here, mustard seed. Tiniest little thing out of all the garden seeds isn't that what it says but yet grows to one of the largest in all the garden small as a mustard seed you know what he's trying to do he's trying to mess with your head 
He is trying to mess with your head because you've been thinking about this too much. It's not about your disposition, your understanding, my stance, my belief in life. You know why he measures the mustard seed? Because we always measure the size of the problem. He just wants you to put you in check right now. You'll never have mountain faith. It's not about mountain faith. I don't come up here with mountain faith. If we did, we wouldn't come here. We wouldn't have to. I'd just ring up. I would just send out a text. I would just, it's done, right? We, we, don't, we don't deal in this yet. We're not, I don't have cancer faith, demon faith. God's tell, he's saying right here, you don't have to have the faith as big as the mountain. Show me your belief. Show me your works. Because this is what this is wrapped up in. This isn't about mustard seed faith. It's never going to be as big as the demon, as big as the mountain, as big as the problem, as big as the multiple sclerosis, as big as the cancer. It's tiny. It's little. It's insignificant. But what is it for? Well, it's all tied up here in two words, prayer and fasting. I'm not measuring your mountain faith, Jesus is saying. I'm measuring your mustard seed faith for prayer and fasting. When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you fasted? Because that's how I measure it, the size of a mustard seed. So many people preach this and so many people say different things. God showed me this. It's not about the size of the problem here. You'll never have that faith. The faith he's telling you to have is simply in prayer and fasting. This is a journey. You want to get there to this belief, this belief, this kind of belief, this mountain belief. Well, it starts here. Show me your mustard seed faith. Show me this mustard seed faith. He measures it because we measure the problem. When was the last time? I love this church because it's a prayer church. I love this church. It's a hungry church. When churches pray corporately, what does the Bible say? When two or three are gathered in one accord, that's the operative word there, accord, in agreement. See, this is the power of agreement. We can't even agree uh, on our nation's future we can't even agree on the east link you know we can't even agree on getting the roads fixed so we can go under a tunnel and make things faster you, you've got to understand how powerful agree even in the church we don't necessarily agree we have different denominations because we don't all agree on certain things that's why this is in here it's powerful when two or three we go yeah we agree nah <laughs> nah we need to agree in Jesus Christ that He is the power. He, he, his resurrection power is available for you and I. You want to move mountains? Pray and fast. Get through those layers, those layers of prayer. Of all the religious rubbish may have built up over the years it's time to discard of that get real with Jesus start to do what the word says ask when was the last time you knocked when was the last time you asked when was the last time you got on your knees and you stayed there all day you didn't move you stopped eating now I know it's popular today when, when fast is mentioned, we all go to Facebook. Jesus didn't have Facebook. Can you imagine if he, he went out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? You're reading through and you're like, and he gave up his Wi-Fi connection. You're like, Jesus? You died for a Wi-Fi connection? That was the pinnacle of your, uh, <laughs> your, your <laughs> sacrifice. That's all you did. 
for this generation and the generations to come. I know I'm stirring the pot right now. Hey, if you want to give up Facebook or Instagram, that's a good habit to break. But we're not talking about habits. We're talking about fasting. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting naughty right now. If you went, I'm sorry. I'm, if you went to the doctor for surgery and he goes to check you and he says, have you been, you've been fasting all night? Yes, yeah, I have. He checks your belly. You're full of food. You say, well, I gave up Facebook all night. No, I'm just... (laughs) Even the world knows what fasting means. (laughs) If you Google fasting, you know what it says? Christians, Jews. (laughs) It comes up with a list of people who know what fasting is, who practice fasting. Let's not water it down for a feeling for hunger pangs, for hunger pains even. Let's not alter it. Come on. He died for you and I to see this world saved, see this world changed. Come on now. To make a difference, are you willing to pay the price? Where's your mustard seed? That's what he's looking for. That's why it didn't happen. That's why it didn't work. The responsibility is yours today. The belief, the faith is attached to the work. When was the last time you gave up something, did something for the call of God that you know very well is on your life? Let's pray. If I could have every head bowed, uh, every eye closed in this place. It's not for a religious reason. I'm not trying to trick you to pray today if you're new, if you're in this place. I just want you to have a moment. Be real. Listen, because I know I've been there. I've sat there when this moment comes. You know, I feel something different. I felt as a kid, as a teenager, God knocking on the door of my heart. It's probably the best way I could put it, you know. This feeling that He's real. My heart was pounding. And I knew it's almost like you know every single thing you've done wrong. And, and, and you know what? There's conviction that's right through Jesus Christ. You bring the things up that you just, you just need to deal with. I want to talk to three groups of people today. If you don't know Jesus Christ at all, you've never met Him. You don't know Him as your Lord, your Savior. You've never accepted it to your heart. You've never said this prayer. You've never confessed. You've never believed and you've never confessed with your mouth. Another group that you once knew Jesus, but for whatever reason, you've walked away. For whatever reason, you've, you've, it, it, the relationship has been fragmented it's been it's growing you know colder and colder and, and, and right now the other group of people the Christians in this place I want you to be praying right now under your breath believing right now that people that we're going to reach this goal 1,000 it's your goal it's my goal too for this year a thousand salvations I believe that right now Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Jesus is here and He loves you and He cares about you. From the front to the back, from the right to the left, I'm going to just ask you to slip up your hand if you want to accept Jesus into your life, whether it's your first time, your second time, third time, 1,000th time. You know what? It doesn't necessarily matter at all to God. He just wants you to come home. He just loves you and cares about you. If you're here right now, from the front to the back, from the right to the left, all across this place, in this building, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. That's you right now. On the count of three, one, Jesus loves you. Two, I believe you'll never be the same again. And three, why don't you just lift up your hand right now if you're saying yes to Jesus, yes to Him. 
Yes, to Him. I can see some hands. I don't know if you guys are praying or you're lifting your hands, but praise God. Anyone else saying yes to Him? Yes to His love. Yes to His mercy. Yes to His power. Yes to His... Why don't we stand to our feet right now? So I, I just sensed... Awesome. See your hand there. I'm not sure if you... <laughs> praise God. I'm sure there's more hands gone up. Why don't we just pray this prayer anyway? I'm not, I'm not uh, there's a few hands bobbing it up and down there. But we're just going to pray this prayer. It's always safe to be sure, yeah? So we're just going to pray. Can I get everybody to pray with me? Is that all right? Say, Dear Jesus. Can we get the whole church all the way, all across? Say, Dear Jesus. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you uh, forgave all sin. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead and now are seated at the right hand of the Father. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask you to equip me with your power. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 I just want to, there's something that I, I can, can we just pray for something? Just before, Do we have time? I don't know. I think we're full, but we're almost out of time. But just on the way here, I don't know if it's specific for this service, but there was a couple of things there. You know, there, was a, there was a time in my life that I really struggled with depression and, and battled with fear. And God took me on a journey with fear. I, I, but it was, it was, I would wake up with, you know, having night terrors. But, um, you know, when I was, when I was um, eight years old, I encountered an angel. I had an angel in my bedroom. And the angel put its hand on me. And uh, it was after a time of, in the church, uh, there was heaps of witchcraft going on. And, and I was only a little kid and there was like blood being, uh, and pentagrams and everything being written on the church and burnt Bibles out the front. And witches were going to visit pastors' houses. And, and I was really afraid. At eight years old, I heard this whole thing and my parents thought I was asleep. And my mum prayed a very simple prayer saying, God, I ask that you send your angels to be a hedge of protection around Daniel as he sleeps. As I was sleeping, I woke up in the middle of the night to find this 10-foot-tall angel standing right next to my bed, hand on my head. And I knew from that moment on that God's with me. He is with you. He's appointed angels to protect you. And, and I don't know who this word's for, but I really believe that somebody's going through some stuff because it was like nearly 20-something, uh, 30, whatever, 25 years later, I'm in my bedroom with demons in the room looking right at me face to face and feeling like there's <laughs> where's God now right where's my angel now and not knowing what to do God took me on this journey of fear uh, and uh, he showed me that there's nothing worth fearing on this planet nothing deserving of fear see fear is almost is like honor whatever you fear you serve whatever you fear you crown you you come under there's nothing worth fearing than the lord he showed me that fear is reserved only for god some people don't get fear and they go how can i fear a god who loves me are you married i'm just i'm just i just want to put it out there like i mean seriously <laughs> but i mean there's so many different things isn't there in life that's a ridiculous statement I, kept, I had lizards as a kid. I kept lizards. They used to bite me, but I loved them. I feared them biting me, but I still loved them. They were precious to me. Some of you had dogs like that. Some of you have pets, animals, everything in life. There's things where there's fear attached to it. Don't give me that. How can I fear something I love? God showed me that we're looking at it from the wrong perspective. We serve the thing that we fear. Some of us here have become a slave to demons depression anxiety attacks and it's become our everything even food allergies it controls our world we can't eat certain things because we 
spirit. We come under it. I don't want to offend anybody today, but I want to, I want to tell you right now, testimonies. I've seen altars lined with people that have had allergies just disappear right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go in Jesus' name. And I, want to, I want you to lift up your hands right now all across this place. If you are struggling in any of these areas, fear, anxiety, depression comes at you like, like terror in the night allergies, anything that comes against you that rules your life, anxiety, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about everything, do they, you know, the latest thing is, are they in the spectrum or not, are they, are they this, are they that, are they, have they got this title, this label, I was titled with everything, dyslexia, ADHD, I was given all these titles, but I believe that Jesus healed me delivered me, set me free. And He can do what He done for me, He can do for you. Lift your hands right now, Father. If that's you, God, you see every single person in here, all across this place. Right now. God's going to come right now. Are you ready? Who's ready? Do you believe Jesus can heal you? I believe He can. And He is here right now, all across this place. Get ready. If you see someone with their hand up and you don't have your hand up, why don't you put your hand on them? Just gather around them right now. They're going to get healed right now in the power and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The mighty hand of God is upon them right now. Find somebody. You're going to believe. We're going to unite our faith together. Can we do that, Fire Church? Let's unite our faith right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak to the spirit of anxiety, spirit of depression, you dark cloud, you spirit of death. I command you now in the name of Jesus, come off every single person in this place right now. Go in the name of Jesus. There it is. There it goes. There it goes. Some of you right now. Some of you right now can feel it. Feel it going, 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 going. Now, 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 now. Now, right now, in the name of Jesus, go, 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 go. Come off her now, in the name of Jesus, go. There it goes. There it goes. Father, right now, allergies, food allergies, anaphylactic shock for your children. Somebody here has got multiple children that have this. You carry an EpiPen right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, food allergies go in the name of Jesus. Spirit, right now, how dare you? You controlling spirit, go in the name of Jesus. Come off them now. Set them free. Come on, let's worship right now. Let's give Jesus a huge shout of praise and honor Him. For He is worthy. Come on, why don't you lift your voices. Begin to thank Him. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or other resources and information, you can check out our website at firechurch.com.au.